are listening to the Grace of Bel Air Sermon Podcast. Grace exists to help people discover a life of purpose in Jesus Christ through discipleship and serving one another. For additional information, you can visit us online at www.graceofbelair.com. And now, we invite you to enjoy this week's sermon. I want to open God's Word to you today to Acts chapter 2, and we will, we've been in a, uh, the book of Acts for the summer, and um, <clears throat> we're going to um, end the book of Acts where it started we're at its beginning in Acts chapter 2 on the day of Pentecost. And uh, early in the summer, as we looked at um, the, what was going on in the world around us, the, how many know there's a lot of spiritual activity right now in the world, and it's not all good? Um, but Jesus said he would build his church, and that's what I'm counting on. How about you? And yes, um, he said he would, and so we can. Uh, we can be part of it. But we started looking at, Lord, what, what does it take to build a thriving church, an overcoming church, just not a surviving church in these days in which we live? A, a church that honors you, that loves people, where people are connected to the Lord, where disciples are grown and where we bear witness to our community, our world, of what it means to serve Jesus Christ. In other words, we, we bring evidence daily of what it means to be in a relationship with Jesus Christ. And so we went back to the book of Acts to see those things and to reemphasize what the Lord uses to build his church. Jesus said in Matthew 16, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. And we're so grateful for that. And when he said, I am with you always, even to the end of the age, but go into all the world and you preach the gospel and teach people my ways and baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I want to conclude today the book of Acts. The main thought uh, today is that Acts is the unfolding story. And would you say with me, unfolding, just unfolding, unfolding. If you're with us today on live stream, just put that in the comments, unfolding. That's a crucial, crucial term as we look at God's heart. And, and what a powerful song that Pastor Joe let us in uh, today, open up your hearts, open up your hearts to what only Jesus can do. Acts chapter 1-8, Jesus said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses. When we get to Acts chapter 21 through chapter 28, it's the final chapters and it centers around Paul the 
apostle as he, uh, he is arrested for the cause of Jesus Christ. He, there were Jewish people from Asia, and they came and said, you, you go preaching everywhere about this Jesus, and you're basically turning the world upside down, and we're tired of it, so we're having you arrested. Wouldn't that be a marvelous thing to have said of Grace Assembly, that you're preaching the gospel, and you're turning the world upside down for the cause of Jesus Christ? So they arrested him, and those uh, seven chapters, seven, eight chapters rather, are the record of his uh, going before two different governors of Rome that were in uh, Judea and, or Palestine. And then he went before King Agrippa. Each one kept kicking them up the ladder. How many know when you're doing something for God that you become a hot potato? How many know that? That, yeah, you become a, a spiritual disruptor of the situation. You become the person that the Lord is using for his kingdom to break into into the spiritual homostasis of this world. In other words, the, the flat line of this world where everything's, nothing seems to be happening. And he appealed to Caesar and Acts chapter 28, uh, simply the last statement says this, and Paul then was in Rome. He had been, they, they sent him on to Caesar because he appealed to Caesar. He was shipwrecked on the way, preached the gospel on the, on the island of Malta, and then he comes to Rome and it said that he stayed there for two whole years, welcoming all who came to him, preaching the kingdom of God, and it ends. That's it. It ends. I'm absolutely convinced today, church, that the book of Acts was written that way on purpose, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, because God has ordained that his church would conclude the Acts of the apostles, that we would write the gospels, if you would, of the book of Acts. Jesus said, this gospel will be preached until all the world has heard. Can you say amen with me today? Man, I love that job security. How about you? We're not going to run out of work to do. The Lord has called us for the highest calling possible to make a difference in this world. Jesus is building his church, praise his name. Several years ago now, when Chris and I were only married six or seven years, we bought our first home. It was um, called a Farmer's Home Administration Loan. And I just want to say, make no doubt about it, when you get involved with the government, how many, they get involved with you. But it was what we could afford. And the next thing you know, we had four children, four daughters. So we bought a home. It was about 1,100 square feet, a single, single home, a story, ranch. And... Um, so we had two middle schoolers and one preschooler and one that thought she was an adult, but she wasn't. She was in elementary. And we stuffed both of them in two different rooms. We only had one bathroom. Now, how many know the odds are stacked against a man? Five females, two are middle schoolers, by the way, and, and myself. 
uh, it just didn't work too well. And so they kept growing and growing. And I'll never forget, I, I said, I'm going to go down and, and tell them uh, there, I, that I, I want to build a bathroom on our house because I, have, I, I can build things. And uh, um, I, I went down and they had a picture of the government official, had a picture of Ronald Reagan behind him, and they were using that as a dartboard. Uh, that's what they're using it for. And so I sat down. I'll never forget this, this guy with these horn-rimmed glasses and this tie. And I told him what I wanted to do. I said, I have a building background. I've been a job superintendent on some large churches and homes and things like that. And I want to add a bathroom. We only have one bathroom for four kids. And I said, one's inside and three are in the hallway. They're dancing up and down. And and he said, you've just got to learn to schedule better, he told me. How many know that works with kids? And then I said, well, uh, he said, no, you can't do it. Listen, when someone tells me I can't do it, something happens on the inside of me. Is there anyone else here today that something happens on the inside? When he said, you can't do it, I thought, well, you know what? You're talking to the wrong one. You're not the only bank in town. And so sure enough, we put it up for sale, and then we began to dream. We got our daughters together, and I said, we're, gonna have, we're not going to have one bathrooms or two bathrooms. We're going to have three bathrooms, and one of them is going to be just for us. And we're going to have a large master bedroom, and we're going to have a a big garage with uh, 11 foot high ceilings and you're all going to have your own bedrooms and you can pick out your own colors and we're going to have a fireplace and we did and and we just we dreamed on and on and on it's going to be a two story home and uh, the lord favored us and we we bought about a two and a half acre lot on the side of a hill overlooking the great allegheny river nothing between us and the river and we built that house and the day that we moved in, I remember that our oldest daughter, she said, I want my room to with rose-colored walls and rose carpet. And I said, you got it. My second daughter, Megan, who attends here with her husband and my grandson, said, Daddy, I want my room, my carpet to be light aqua. I said, you got it, sister. And then my, my, uh, my two youngest, we put them both in one room because they're still real little, but she was always the outlier. She was the wheel on the grocery cart that went the wrong direction. You know what I'm talking about. And she said, Daddy, I like purple. And she said, I want purple walls and I want purple carpet. And I said, well, okay, I promise you got it. And we moved into that house and what a blessing it was. And little did we know that God would use that house. God would use that house. And just a year or two later, a year later, he would ask me to come and start Grace Assembly of God, and we were able to sell that thing, and we came down with a load of cash in our pockets, and we were able to buy a house here in Harford County, praise God. I just want to say, if you will allow the Lord to be the master builder of your house, not only will he do something and you will be a partner with him, that he will use the house of your life to be used for his glory in ways that you had never dreamed possible. Praise his name. 
And the book of Acts is about Jesus building his church so the gates of hell will not prevail. We're going to unpack this for a few moments this morning. One of the very uh, somber statistics that I just read this week, I, not, uh, and I do like statistics, but, uh, but uh, not this one. Do you know, do you know that in this day that we live, that, of, that for regular church attenders, and those that are listening to me today online, on a live stream, you know my heart, you know I love you, but I love you enough to speak the truth that edifies Jesus Christ and will help you. But do you know since COVID that 28% of all regular church attenders in America have not gone to one church service or even viewed their home church online? Now there are, there are reasons that I spoke with a woman yesterday that she said, oh, pastor, I want to be in the house of the Lord, How, is, how's COVID? Is it safe to come back? She's elderly. She's shut in. And she doesn't have access to a computer. A lot of people don't. And, but she so appreciates our prayers and thoughts. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking today about those that have access to the internet. I'm talking about those that are in good health. I'm talking about those that go to weddings and fly in crowded airplanes, that go to work and church and the grocery market and say, we can't go to church because it's an unsafe place. If you have not been in the house of God for two and a half years or even viewed it online, you, my friend, are trending in the wrong direction and you will take your family down with you. Is there an amen in the house? Yes. Now, you say you sound a little upset, Pastor. I am a little upset. I am upset. I'm not... I can love people and be upset with them. The stakes are high. The stakes are high. Jesus wants you to be part of His future. Can someone say amen this morning? Yes, yes, yes. I just say, isn't Jesus worthy of our very best this morning? Yes, yes. If, if you can give yourselves to all other pursuits, but the internet has become too convenient to turn it on and stay in your pajamas and sip your coffee, the internet is no substitute for the community of the household of faith. Is there an amen in the house this morning? Yes. And I love you all. You know that. I love each one of you. I love those that are, that are listening this morning via the live stream. So Jesus is the master builder. He's purchased his church with his all blood. He is all in for you and for me. So this is what Jesus uses. Let's turn to Acts chapter 2, verse number 42. So this happened on the day of Pentecost. Uh, right after that, there was uh, several thousand that gave, turned their life over to Jesus Christ. They opened their heart to him to see what he could do, what only he could do. So it says they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship to the breaking of bread and to prayer. 
The first thing that the master builder uses is, that we see is they were devoted, called first love devotion. How many can remember when you fell in love? When you fell, just raise your hand along with mine and your spouse's sitting here, maybe. You, if your spouse is sitting here, you better raise your hand, is all I can say. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I was at Southeastern University. I'd lost 15 pounds my first semester. I could never remember being south of the Mason-Dixon line, and I went down to Lakeland, Florida, and they started certain... You know, the highlight of my day was going to the cafeteria, surprise, surprise. But they served stuff like grits. I'd never heard of grit. Grit was, listen, we, we, when we killed chickens on my grandparents' farm, we'd open their gizzards to see what kind of grit was in the inside. It's what birds used to grind up their food. You, you all didn't know that. That's a bonus, okay? <laughs> but they served grit and boiled peanuts and slimy okra, and the milk tasted bad. Nothing tasted right, and I lost 15 pounds. But somewhere in the middle of that first semester, I came down, and I was, went in that lunch line that one day, and I looked, and lo and behold, there was this young, blonde-headed young lady. Oh, my goodness. Five foot two, eyes of blue, blonde hair. How many of you know what I'm talking about? She would, she's talking and they're joking and she's back and forth with them and I'd seen her play football and and they had a flag football league and and she was a running back and she was really good and a lot of people would say she's like a tiger when she gets the ball look out she's going someplace but that day she punched my ticket guess what she also punched my heart and I started to fall in love with her and that that, that devotion it changed my life. I had a, 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 a 1967 Fastback Chevrolet, banana yellow. Just imagine with me in black interior, two-door with a, with a Chevy 283 in it. And man, and I'd pick her up and there. You could not find a piece of white lint in that car. But... We've made the negotiation since then, so I can't promise that now, but I, you know what I'm talking about. You know, the Bible talks about first love. The Bible talks about that, and friends, God wants to do that in our life and our heart, open up our heart to Him. And this is what it said, they were devoted to the apostles' teaching, which was the Word of God, and that Word of God is, becomes the architectural plans for your life where Jesus is the wise master builder. Praise God. We have architect, this is an abbreviated set. We have architectural plans for when we did the Gen Now buildings, 50 some pages long. I mean, every brick, every foundation, every roof, every you name it, the structural, the mechanical, the electrical, any stormwater management, you name it, even the even how you striped the parking lot was in here. But they were devoted to the Word of God. I want to encourage you this morning, read your Bible. Can you say amen with me? Read your Bible. Meditate it. It's a lamp to our feet. It's a light to our path. Way, way back in the day, 
There was a song, a children's song says, read your Bible, pray every day, and you'll grow, 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 and you will grow, 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 praise his name, so that you can say, my, thy word have I hid in my heart that I will not sin against thee, praise his name. They were devoted to Jesus Christ as the firm foundation. Build your life on his words and teaching. They were devoted to fellowship. They're devoted to fellowship, which is the family of God. They couldn't wait to be together. In fact, they went from house to house. They were devoted to prayer. Prayer is like the electricity. It's the power from on high. It's greater than our efforts. And they devoted themselves to prayer. There were daily prayers in the temple, but they, their day would start with prayer. And when they ran into a problem, Acts chapter 4, I, I love this, praying people have a faith in God that is greater than the situation and the circumstance. And that they said, they said, oh Lord, it is gathered, you, you have predestined to be gathered against us in this city, these people these governments and authorities, Lord, to wipe out your name. And, and, but Lord, we pray not that you would protect us, but Lord, would you give us boldness that we may declare your name. And when they prayed those prayers, the Bible says the house, the place was shaken where they were, and they're all filled with the Holy Spirit, praise God. Don't let the signs of this time tell us what we can't do. We have an advocate with the Father, praise His name, Jesus Christ, who ever lives to make intercession for us. The breaking of bread, which is the Lord's table's activity, remembering Him in everything. I, I just heard a devotion this past week. It was on the, the version, uh, the Bible app version, which I, I, I love that. It's a, it's a two-minute devotion every morning. But Louis Palau's grandson was on there, and he told how his granddad, Louis Palau, was a, a great evangelist that literally millions of people came to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every morning, he would pray, and he would say, Lord, could this be the day when you're coming back? And he would turn eastward. That's east. That's east. Every morning when he prayed, Lord, could this be the day when you're coming back? Can you imagine with me how that would frame the day? This might be the day when we see you. Imagine with me. I want to ask you this, friends. What are you devoted to? Is your faith a have-to faith or is it a, a get-to faith? We get to. We get to. We get to come to the house of God. I want to encourage you that when you feel dry, that the Lord wants to restore your first love and my first love. Just keep on. Keep on. Pray when you don't feel like praying. Be in God's Word when you don't feel like it. God is greater than all that. Jesus said He would build His church let him have his way in our life. The second thing is the together community, what I call together community. Acts chapter 2, 44 through 46. And all those who had believed were together and had all things in common. They began selling their property and possessions 
We're sharing them with all as anyone might have need, and day by day continuing with one mind in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they were taking their meals together with gladness and sincerity of heart. The word together is used twice in just those couple of verses. Twice, together. Together is the heart of community. We cannot have community if we are intentionally apart. Community is the heart of God. Last evening, we had uh, about 100 Grace volunteers over in the Gen Now Activity Center. We stuffed that room. It was really, <laughs> what an evening. Uh, the food was good. Games were good. Icebreakers were good. Uh, everything was good. Uh, the comedian, oh my goodness. He was, he was wonderful. And yet I sensed something that was so good. I said, Lord, this is powerful. This is powerful. The, the, the whole was greater than the sum of its parts. There's people who are serving, serving here at Grace. Um, we have about 50% of our attendance, um, our weekly attendance is involved in serving in some way, shape, or form uh, through uh, our ministries. And I sensed just in the middle of all the laughter and all of that, I just sensed the Lord said, this is, this is good, this is right. Community of faith together, sharing our lives. It's a faith that transforms us and it goes beyond. And so we collaborate together. We have a common purpose. We become others focused. And God's word describes them as they had glad and sincere or generous hearts. We bear witness to Jesus, and we give evidence to this world and to those that come into the doors of the church that he's alive, and he's real, and he's important. We bear witness to that. It's so important to be part of a faith community. Not a clique, but a community. A few weeks ago, we were, in, we were visiting um, one of our daughters and Two of our grandchildren, I asked, I asked my little granddaughter, um, and she's a, she's a pistol. So I said, how's school going? Is she first grade, is she? Yes. I said, how's school going? I, I asked her what her teacher's name is. She told me. I said, how do you like school? She just dropped her head. I said, what's, what's wrong? She wouldn't tell me. Well, I'm used to the females in my life, like, climbing up. That's not a new thing. So I said, well, what do you like about school? She said, I'm in the club. Oh, tell me about the club. She said, Jackson is the leader. So, oh, what do you like about 
what do you like about the club? I didn't ask her what she, uh, what she liked about Jackson. She just said, <laughs> let's just not go down there already. But she, but she said, well, she's a tomboy. She said, mostly boys. And it's not that she likes boys, but she said, but now we're, we're letting some nice girls get in. So what I'm reading between them, there's some, there's some, there's some young ladies that are catty, unfortunately. But she said, I'm in the club. I said, oh, what's it mean to be in the club? She said, we play at recess together. She said, in the cafeteria, we all sit together. We all like each other. And you know, I thought of that, and I thought how important it is for you and for me to be in a, a community of faith. Could you say amen with me this morning? Yes. Yes, in a community of faith where people love us and we love them, and we're together and serving the Lord. John chapter 17, verse 21, and Jesus' great high priestly prayer, the night he prayed, said, he said this, he said that they... Father, that they all may be one, even as you, Father, are in me and I in you, that they also may be in us, so that the world may believe that you sent me. So the world may believe that you sent me. The community of faith is to be inclusive, not segmented. The community of faith is not a 75-minute exercise on Sunday morning. How many hear what I'm saying? It's all-inclusive. It's from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday so that we can bear one another's burdens. I want to ask a question this morning. Who are you inviting to your table? Every so often, people say, well, I can't find a friend, so I'm leaving. You know, well, why don't you try being a friend? That's scriptural. Do you know what God's Word says to the person who would have a friend? They must be friendly. So what I just want to encourage you, instead of saying, oh my goodness, 12 o'clock, let's get out here, let's beat the Baptist to the buffet, let's get on down the road, let's check this out, let's, say, let's get out there. No, why don't you stop? Why don't you ask someone, hey, I'm so-and-so. Hey, let me buy you a donut. Dunkin' Donuts is across the street. If you don't have any money, we have good coffee here, Starbucks. And I just heard this morning that when Pastor Bobby makes it, it's extra special because he puts, the instructions are, I don't know who come up with the instructions, but four scoops, and he puts in five scoops. Can someone say, here, here, yeah. Here, here. Sit down. Sit down with them. Said, hey, you know, they went from house to house. Let's be friendly towards one another. Is there an amen in the house? Yeah, because it's important. So who are you inviting to your table? Now I'm going to ask something that, oh, it stabbed me when I heard this. Is the Jesus people see in us enough to draw people to him? 
is the Jesus that people see at grace. I'm not talking about other Christians. I'm talking about those who are not followers of Jesus Christ. But he's asking to turn over their lives to him. Is it enough for them? And I ask you that question because I asked myself that question this week. Now, I want to tell you, uh, I think we're on a good trajectory. But I do believe that the Lord wants to challenge us to be inclusive, not segmented. The last thing I want to share with you is this. Joe, would you bring the band? Is life in the Spirit, awe, favor, and joy, Acts 2, 43, and 47. And as the band comes, would you stand with me this morning? Would you stand with me? Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe, and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. They were praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord was adding to their number day by day those who were being saved. Life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. Jesus said, I'll give you life and that more abundantly where we are filled with awe, we're filled with joy, and the favor of God rests on our life. God, God's favor wants to rest on your life. He'll open doors for you that you cannot open on your own. He'll do more for you than you could ever do in your own strength, in your own power, your own resources. Life in the Spirit, Wednesday night, Austin Jones is going to be with us, 7 o'clock, I invite you to come. He's a powerful man of the Lord. He's in Alaska, God's used him for 20 years. He has two, two kids about this big to reach indigenous people. He's known for God working through him with miracles, signs, and wonders because they're still for today. In just a few moments, I'm going to call for the prayer teams when you come in faith, people can pray for you. We can bear one another's burdens. The first service was just a few, few months ago. One of the brothers of, of a woman, a faithful woman, to the house of the Lord came. He came for prayer, and, and he had a cancer that had settled in, and they said it didn't look good. It was in his throat and all, all over. They said it didn't look good, but... We prayed for him, and we kept praying for him. And then he'd come back. We'd pray for more. I just, I just found out. I asked her this morning, how is he doing? And she said, you know what? He, he, he's just been declared cancer-free. And he's going back to work tomorrow. Yes. I don't know all the ins and outs. I know that God is the healer. God's the healer. But I'm glad we could pray for him and his faith could be built up. Have you received, Paul said, this spirit baptism since you believed? Just, you can hunger and thirst for it anywhere, anytime. Set your, set your eyes towards the Lord and say, Lord, fill me. There's more to life than what, what I see. Jesus, you came to break into our life and into our situation. That's why you came and Lord, I just want what you have for me. Praise his name. Friends, this morning, would you imagine with me the future that God has for grace 
as we're devoted. First love devotion. Not, a, not 75 minutes worth of showing up and checking it off and headed home, but first love devotion where our eyes are on Him, expecting Him. Praise His name. Let's go into the future that God has for you and for me. Praise His name. Would you bow your heads? Look to the Lord this morning. I, I'm going to ask a question. Would you say, say, Yes, Pastor Paul, I, I hear the word of the Lord. I, I want the Lord to fire my imagination. I, I want my love and devotion to be evident, and I want to be part of the future of what Jesus has as he builds his church. Will you raise your hand along with mine this morning? Yes, thank you, yes. The second thing, the second thing I believe we had a word from the Lord this morning that there are Folks here, that you've been wrestling, but you want to turn your life over to Jesus Christ and become part of the household of faith, to have your sins forgiven. But it's more than that, it's fundamentally, it says, Lord, I've met my match in you. You are greater than I am. And I want to turn my life over to you. If that's you, would you raise your hand right now, wherever you are? Just, yes, let's see. Are there other hands this morning? Just lift your hand. Okay, yes. Prayer teams, would you come? We're going to pray this morning. Joe, would you, uh, would you just begin to lead us this morning? And as the prayer teams come, uh, if you're here and you need prayer, you want, you want prayer this morning, would you come? I, the, uh, yes, one will come over here. Uh, if you need a, if, it, yes, we need someone over on the right-hand side here. And Marvy, Chris could pray with you. She'll be there. And I think there might be Don and Magali. And yes, all right. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Amen. Joe, go ahead and lead us this morning. You come forward. If you want prayer today, God is going to do something for you. Praise his name. Amen. Now, Heavenly Father, we, we're so grateful to you. We just ask that uh, we would walk in the grace that you've promised that you would visit our lives with. Uh, today, Lord, as we dismiss this part of the service, thank you that the altars are open. We can come for prayer. We commend each one to you now. It's in Jesus' strong name I pray these things. Amen. The Lord bless you. Uh, you are welcome to go or you're welcome to stay. Hang around, come for prayer. God bless you on this day. Amen.